This week's podcast brought to you by Multiple Ralphs. About a week ago, I was at Walmart picking up some Christmas lights, and then I was in the line for the self-checkout, and there was an older woman in front of me. I would say she was probably in her 80s. And she looked up, and there was a woman, a couple people in front of her, and she said, Karen, is that you? And she went over, and they had a long embrace. And then the woman came back and was talking to me, and um, she said, I just lost my husband. Um, We were married for 60 years, and she said, that woman I haven't seen in a few days, but that was his hospice nurse. Anyway, she got all emotional and teary and and gave me a hug. And it was just a reminder of in this holiday season of all of the things that are important. And she said, "Um, this is my first time out of the house since I lost him. I'm here with a friend um, just trying to get me out and take my mind off of things. So anyway, to that woman and to um, everybody who listens to the show, happy, happy holidays. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I just said to you before pressing record, anything you want to talk about, anything at all? And you said, no, nothing at all. Christmas is coming up. And so <laughs> this was 10 seconds ago. And the first thing that pops to mind when you say that is Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Can you can you complete that uh, rhyme? Christmas is coming. Uh, the goose is getting fat. No. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. Oh. Doesn't ring a bell? No, it does. It completely rings a bell. I just couldn't think of it. Is that a, um, Did you read a lot of nursery rhymes as a kid? This is that, that sounds like. Did you eat a lot of paint? This is an interesting thing. So my mom, when we used to play um, as kids, did you play Trivial Pursuit with your family? Yes, but before we get to that, I just want to say, barber, barber, shave a pig. How many hairs to make a wig? Four and twenty. That's enough. Give the barber a pinch of snuff. It's like song lyrics. These things yes. haven't left my head in fifty years. So if you played um, like the original version of Trivial Pursuit, I can remember. Was it purple that was entertainment? Um, or was there a literature one? Anyway, yeah, there's arts and literature. I think uh, sports, of course, was orange. Orange, right? yeah. There was a yellow. History and was green. I think. Yeah. And, and anyway, a lot of times that uh, it would be related to nursery rhymes, and my mom would always get them, and she couldn't believe. Like I read so many nursery rhymes to you guys. How do you not remember these? And then when we had our own kids and would read them nursery rhymes, that I. The nursery rhymes I remember are only because of reading them to our kids. I don't remem- remember them from being a kid. So do you remember those that you just said from reading them Oh, yeah. Them I remember them from as a kid. From- I remember from them as a kid. Um, goosey, goosey, gander, whither dost thou wander? Upstairs, downstairs, in our lady's chamber. Mm-hmm. I once met an old man who wouldn't say his prayers. I took him by the left leg and threw him down Yeah, the they're, they're very violent. Yeah, but that one is because um, – I don't remember that as a kid. I remember that from reading it to our kids out of the nursery rhyme You can be honest. You remember most nursery rhymes from Andrew Dice Clay. (laughs) No. That's not how I remember them. But I do remember some of his lovely uh, rhymes. Well, anyway, um, 
this is what we talk about when we talk about uh, Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. That's right. <laughs> I think we mentioned the Christmas miracle maybe on the last podcast that we got the Christmas cards produced and and in a large amount of them sent out. We still have some to send. We have a lot to send. And but, as more come in, we send those to yeah. addresses we didn't have. Um, but I love the uh, various holiday card stylings of, of uh, family photos, um, you know, the uh, the occasional holiday newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Not as many of those as no, like those sadly. are mostly like my parents' generation sends the long holiday newsletter. The longer, the better. Yeah. And um, you noted that uh, the Yukon uh, the women's basketball card this year. I think I may have posted this last year a picture because i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no um last year i made note that yukon when they they send out a christmas card every year uh it's just basically a piece of paper with players pictures but always signed by the players and last year i think almost every single one except maybe dorka yuhas as the international presence every single player's signature was printed not cursive and then handwritten, but handwritten, but, yeah, but and, in, and then photocopied, like. But 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 yes, handwritten. Their signature is printed, correct, not cursive. Yes, their their signature was printed. This year, when I opened, the first thing I noticed was that everyone's signature was in cursive. So I immediately texted Chris Daly and said, "You've been making them practice, or, or you've taught them cursive." And she said, "I." She responded, "I made them practice." So the the Yukon women's basketball players have gone from signing things in print to now in cursive, which is, of course, like the proper signature, um, at least in my brain, is cursive. Of course, but the but the real signature, the proper autograph is now a selfie and not a not a signature. Yeah, so, no, exactly. So it's of no use to them exactly. other than for this Christmas card, right? Right, true. Yeah, I'm looking on the Ball and Chain Instagram, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. And last year I did. I posted the picture of their Christmas card. Um, in March, I posted it. <laughs> This is 2022. So this is the 2021 Christmas card. This is actually from the podcast two years ago. What hope do we have of ever sending out Christmas cards in time? If you post the Christmas card, the easiest thing in the world to do. Three months later. Three months later. Anyway, I will post UConn's Christmas card from this year where everyone has the the cursive signature. I think probably every year around Christmas time on the podcast, we talk about the lovely lessons and carols that happens at the kids' elementary school. Um, well, now it's the kid elementary school. We only have one child um, who's not past eighth grade. And last night we were um, at that incredible, moving, lovely ceremony. It was our last of how many in a row? 15 of 15. 15 in a row. Um And anyway, it puts you in just a great frame of mind for Christmas. It just it's a, it's lovely. And we're driving home. We were in separate cars because you brought our daughter there early because she had to get there early as a participant. And um, and, and leaving me in the position to save two seats. Which a, you a, failed miserably at. No, I, I actually held it down. I, I, when I arrived at the appointed hour, half an hour before it started. So it started at 6.30. The, you had to get there at 6. The first six or seven pews were reserved for the eighth grade class families. They were all full, as were the next 20 pews. And so I got to the second to last pew. I, I reserved three on the aisle just by trying to hold down the fort. And as people poured in and they asked, are you saving seats? I, I said, I'm trying to save two. But honestly, you know, you're here and, and um, you know, I leave it to the gods as to what happens. And So uh, then when, when I got there at 6.15, 
you were sitting there and it saved one seat and it was uh but it's it's with, it's for me and our oldest daughter but it's 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 an outrage i mean it's it's outrageous imposition to ask me to save seats so so people are going to have to stand even though they're there 20 minutes early i'm sorry my wife and daughter don't feel like waiting so uh, anyway but anyway you, i'm sorry it's one of your neuroses you don't but, like saving seats but, but you do it, leave it there with a thing feeling. when it shouldn't have been a thing anyway the people next to us all mushed together and um and we were all able to sit and watch anyway it was lovely as it is every year so driving home a little bit after 8 p.m and uh driving down the street that feeds into our street and there's a car coming in the other direction and they pull right into our street and I pull into our street and then immediately have to jam on my brakes because the car in front of me that had pulled onto the street just stopped. They're pulling off a, a slightly busier street onto yes. a slightly less busy street. Correct. And, uh, but I mean, so I, I, jam on the brakes so I don't rear end them. I'm worried that you're going to rear end me. Fortunately, you did not. And uh, and then I pull past this car of teenagers and I just said to our daughter, I said, if you ever have to stop, don't do it as soon as you pull onto a street, pull down a little bit so that exact thing doesn't happen. So anyway, that's what I saw as a car full of teenagers just abruptly stopping at the end of the street. And then I passed. And what did you see? I saw the driver's side rear window go down. The backseat on the driver's a, side. A figure in the dark emerge from... Uh, I would say mid torso up, um, and and just copiously vomit down the side of the car and onto the street. So uh, clearly there was stuff going on in that car where they they the girl felt like she had to pull over immediately. I get it. And uh, again, these were high school, college age kids. I, I they were I teenage. I couldn't determine the age. Yeah, they they were in their teenage years, maybe early twenties. But all I could think about was eight p.m. Like. My my guess is that there was uh, some know. fun had earlier in the evening. Or, or gastrointestinal yeah, distress. My guess is it wasn't that. But it just seemed like an awfully early time to have to pull over to allow um, one what, of the passengers to What is the appropriate to time hurl. to pull over for, for uh, automotive well, drive-through vomiting? I'm just saying it, it seemed like awfully early in the evening to necessitate the vomit pullover. Well, perhaps this should become a new segment, Rebecca, uh, uh, moving stories about moving vehicles, because that one really is a lovely Christmas tale. <laughs> I, I especially like vomit pullover. It sounds like an article of clothing, it like does. a Christmas sweater. Like a like it. That would, what would be perfect for that? That's uh, probably what the kid is wearing now. Right. But but what would the material be that would just be easy to you wash You know what it was? It, it existed. It was called the Coogie sweater. <laughs> I'm not saying the way it looks, but like, isn't there some sort of material that you can just kind of clean off with a sponge? That's that's the kind of hoodie, the pullover that you would need um, for these type of gatherings. Well, um, from one uh, moving vehicle story to another moving vehicle story, I was in Florida last week visiting my dad and um, my I suppose it could be an Uber confession as well. My my uh, Uber driver from the airport. Um, I did not I did not check no conversation box. I, you know, let the chips fall where they may, and he told me uh, that he emigrated from Cuba seventeen years ago to Syracuse, New York, and um. And lived in Syracuse for a number of years while getting his green card, and wound up in in um, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, 
and uh, as he was telling me some of these stories, he was he was ty- typing them into Google Translate on the on the um, iPhone that was on mounted on his dashboard, so that I could see it from the back seat. And he said, when I when I when I lived in Cuba, when he left Cuba at thirty seven, I was a and he typed into um, Google Translate a pig farmer, and uh, and he said if if his son had grown up in Cuba, he would be and he typed into uh, Google Translate and it came up assistant pig farmer. And he said it was a good living, but I think it was uh, you know had to be under the radar government and police radar in Cuba. And he, um, his son is a, is a finance major in college now. And his daughter won an academic competition to go to, uh, to Rome over, over last summer. And as he's telling me the story, he's, he held up his arm. He was in short sleeves in Florida. And he said, look, and he pointed his arms, his arms were covered in goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was, and so were mine, you know, I mean, it, it was, um, and, and, and the, the, Typing into Google Translate made it, while a little hairier for the drive, made it uh, all the more poignant because he said, I said, you know, he had mentioned he was an only child. His parents had actually come to the U.S. before him. And uh, I said, you know, what do you miss about Cuba? And he, at a, at a red light, he started typing into the, um, the phone mounted on his dashboard and it just came up. I miss all my friends. Yeah. So, um, you know, it it was it was uh, it was a, a, a sweet counterpoint to your lovely tale about the uh, the automotive mayhem. Yes. Here, it was very sweet. While I was in Florida, um, my dad and I went on various field trips. We went to the um, Edison and Ford Winter Estates. In Fort Myers, we actually drove down Fort Myers Beach and saw the really devastating damage rendered by Hurricane Ian. That's still still very evident. Um, it was rainy; the sun was never out while I was there, so there was it had limited our our uh, field trip options. But one day, at my dad's suggestion, we went to see a movie, and uh, because of what was showing at the time and what he wasn't particularly interested in seeing, Wonka three. Or um, I forget what else is out. We saw um, the holdovers. Is that what it's called? I don't know. The I holdovers, didn't see it. yeah, starring Paul Giamatti and um, and this other actor who was a kid. He was nineteen, I think, when the movie was made, and maybe twenty-one now. Uh, set in a prep school in New England. I think it was filmed at Deerfield Academy, about an hour from here, mm-hmm. and I read that they found this Paul Giamatti's co-star who plays a student. This is set in 1970, kids staying over the holiday break uh, for one reason or another. And Paul Giamatti is the teacher who was kind of uh, drew the short straw and has to stay over and and monitor these kids. It ends up just being this one kid. Um, I read that they found it while location scouting for the movie. They found, you know, they asked for drama club kids to be extras in this. And that's how they discovered this. Gosh, I, I wish I had his name in front of me now. I don't have my access to Google, but he was fantastic. Anyway, the movie was great. My dad, against all odds, loved it. 
And he doesn't like any movies, pretty much. Do you remember when we brought him to see Lost in Translation? Oh my gosh, yeah, you and I loved Lost in Translation. We brought your dad and uh, who, who who would travel to Tokyo once or twice a year for decades. It was and, not and his for work. favorite. No. It was such a great movie. Anyway, I, well, he said at the end, he said, "Did you like that?" I said, "I said I, said, I thought it was great." He said, "Me too, except for a few dead spots." He said, "I also didn't buy the the the, uh, the co-star as a as a high school student. He looked much older than that." Even I said, though he I said, actually is. Well, no, I said. I had the same feeling, but but I, my brain is conditioned to be anytime there's a high school TV show or movie, the actors are always you know much older than high school. You know, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero famously, the right. guys looked like they were thirty. But um, it didn't bother me. But but I I did ha- have the same reaction, especially because early on in the film, when the students are still there, some of the students uh, who have speaking lines clearly are you know sixteen years old or something. Yeah. So anyway. The Holdovers, if that's indeed is what it was called, um, it's Alexander Payne who made um, Sideways, another favorite Paul Giamatti movie yeah, of yours. Movie yeah, too. did uh, was it like a feel good movie? How would you describe yeah, the tone yeah, of it? Yes, yes, no. I mean, it was it was funny and it was you know there was tragedy in it. Um, it was just like a movie that that they would have made in the seventies, like where Dead where Poet there wasn't Society. there wasn't there was no CGI. Yeah, like a Dead Poet Society in some way. Yeah, very much. Uh, that Prep same setting, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and uh, um, you know, no CGI, no superheroes, no explosions. Uh, I don't think, but you know, it was it was funny, and and also I w- I will say this: uh, a mark of its greatness, I thought, was there were there were f bombs aplenty. I mean, it was set in a in a high school in the seventies. My dad didn't mind it. In fact, he laughed at some of the more. Uh, Punchliney ones uh, of them, so because oftentimes his uh, his beef about movies is the profanity. Yeah, that's my beef about like he, he doesn't have he doesn't have any prescription against personal use. Of it. It's just <laughs> seeing it on the big screen. That's my beef of everyday life. Is the where the heck was I recently? And um, and kids were dropping well, well, f bombs with impunity. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was uh, I think. At an at an airport like gate or while something. you think of that, my dad and I were out to lunch. Um, one of those days, and a small place, docks on the yeah. beach in in, um, in Bonita Springs, and uh, which had also been you know just reopened downstairs. It used to be upstairs from you know hurricane damage, and um, and the guy at the next table was I would say is probably thirty, and I think he was with his father. Every other word was was an f bomb used as a like an intensifier for no no reason like for no yeah. payoff. It was you know the blanking uh, cereal at the blanking grocery store you know was um, was you know two aisles over from where he thought it was or something. And it was it was nonstop. Yeah, that's just that's how it is. Um, you know what? This is a complete non sequitur, but I'm good at those. Uh, went to one of our daughter's basketball games recently. And um, they were charging admission. And last year they charged admission, but you, you would pay for the ticket ahead of time. Like there was an app and you'd go in and pay. Anyway, it was cash only. And I opened my wallet and I, this is so obnoxious. I actually said to the guy, I said, do you take euros? Because <laughs> I had euros still in my wallet from when I went to you said Paris. This. Yes, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I I was under, joking. I can understand thinking it. I was joking, of course. Um I was like, cash? I said, do you? I said, all I have is euros. But I was able to eventually find a bill 
that I could use Be, to uh, to pay for us to get uh, in. But uh, some places don't take cash, cash now. Some high school right, basketball admission thing you have to use the the ticketing app. Correct, or as Doris Brooke would say, correct. Um, but yeah, so it's I just don't. The only time I use cash. And then sometimes I feel bad about it is if I go into a Starbucks or some somewhere where you've placed a mobile order and there's a little tip jar and I'll look and like, uh, I don't have any money to tip. But that's like the only time I use cash is to tip for something. So anyway, I've, I've got to remember now that basketball season is here and our home gym, you need to pay with cash to make sure I have cash. And have you been putting euros in the Starbucks tip jar? That's I should. I wonder what they would do with the, with the euros if I... Uh, what if we're like in our area? I wonder. You would go to convert I don't, money into nowhere. Uh, what what I wonder is what they would do to your coffee after putting euros in the tip jar. <laughs> I would. You always, if you're smart, you wait to receive the package before you tip. You re- grab the beverage or the food item, and then you put the money in the the tip jar. Euro stepping to euro tipping. Your next uh, master class. That's right. I just looked it up, and uh, it was The Holdovers, and the actor you were thinking of, his name is Dominic Sessa, S-E-S-S-A, just for those who are interested. For two people who work out of the home, um, you and I have allowed our internet to be awful and done nothing about it for months on end, would you say? Our Wi-Fi in yeah. the house goes Months, out years. years. It's it's awful. Well, we could we could carbonate it to exactly eight years because the guy came and said these things are eight years old. Yeah, it's, but it's which, it's which is been, a thousand years old in tech years. It's been extra bad, I would say, since the school year started. We'll we'll be working, and then and it's not even like we're both trying to stream stuff. We're just trying to answer emails, and oh, the the internet's out again, and our kids, the internet doesn't work, you know, in this area of the house. Anyway, I finally called. Because I just have to have like in my brain, all right, I needed two hours. I'm, I'm going to set aside just in case. Anyway, I called our cable company and the woman said, oh, yeah, your your modem, your router, whatever the heck it is, is way out of date. That's part of your problem. And she's like, oh, and all of your cable boxes, those are way out of date, as are your remotes. Anyway, she was incredible. Are we supposed to know the difference between a modem and a router? Do you? I don't know. I, don't, I think it might be the same thing. I'm not exactly sure. They just charge you for two different things, but it's actually the same thing. I don't know. But she was super, super pleasant. And that has not necessarily been my experience in the past when I've called the cable company um, and talked to their representative. We have Cox Cable out here. Anyway, this woman was wonderful. So at the end of our conversation, I said, um, is there a supervisor or someone I can talk to because you've been really helpful? And so she said, uh, sure. So she puts me through this so guy. So she, she puts on a different voice. <laughs> no, it was a totally different. It was a, the woman I talked you're, to. You're some kind a of a Karen of kindness. No, so you, I, I demand to speak to the manager to compliment so you anyway, to the manager. I just said to the dude, he read off of a script. And then I just said to him, I said, you know, I said, I'm sure you get lots of people who call to complain. But I just want to let you know that the woman I was speaking with was wonderful and patient and super informative, but also just really pleasant. And And he's like kind of surprised and said, okay, thank you. And then read more from the script that is clearly a script meant for people calling who are disgruntled and and upset and asking to speak with a supervisor. But anyway, that's not the reason I'm telling the story. So we had the cable guy come out uh, earlier this week and um, replaced our router slash modem. And um, 
suggested to us that we needed mesh something or others so that we could extend our Wi-Fi throughout the house. So I, I didn't know he, anything he, about that. The cable guy came out here and su- suggested you needed mesh something or others. Yes. I, don't, I, I think I saw that movie also. But yes. anyway, go ahead. Very nice. So um, anyway, the the whole point of that I'm telling these stories, not only do we have great Wi-Fi now and it works and we don't get kicked off and we have it in different areas of the house, but the cable boxes they took from our house are the size of what, like they took them directly to the museum of broadcasting. Like, how would you? They're way bigger than a laptop. They're like the size of a VCR. They're the size of of eighties vintage v- VC- VCRs. Yeah. They're bigger than DVD the, players. Yes. So they remove had like those fans and big ventilated things. It was like yeah. an IBM Sperry computer that filled a room. Yes. Univac in nineteen fifty seven. And he. And he's, and he's talking to me about the new cable boxes as he's holding something in his hand. And finally, I look at him. I said, is that the new cable box? The new cable box is the size of an Apple TV. Your palm. Like, yeah. yeah, it's the size of a little your palm, wallet. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's the cable box? And he said, yeah. He said, in my house, I just have we have the one cable box. So we have mo- a couple TVs, he said, because usually, you know, maybe one of the kids is watching a smart TV. But he said, the only reason we have cable still is for sports he said so anytime somebody wants to watch like sports they just take this cable box and plug it into one of the tvs it's super portable and i was just laughing at us like oh my gosh and our the cable remotes we had didn't have the voice remote so i would constantly be asking you what channel is yes network what channel is sny what channel is um is pac 12 network because I, yeah, i'm watching games a lot and anyway, now all I have to do is press the little button and say Pac-12 Network. Or even our daughter didn't forget the channel. She just would, she'll say Shark Tank and it'll take her to whatever channel Shark Tank is on. And I know everybody else who's listening is like, yes, welcome to 2023. We've been doing this for the last decade. Well, this guy was somewhat taken aback to see our uh, Zenith console TV encased <laughs> in a mahogany <laughs> furniture. We don't have that. But, um, but anyway, I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> laughing at us they take away these giant cable boxes and he even said and, and, he's and, like he's like they're discontinuing these at the uh in the next couple of months anyways like they would have no longer been allowed to be in our home with hundreds so. of hours of dvd programs on them i know that's that's the only bummer is like uh you know the local news high school showing, basketball highlights high school, on the news yeah. and stuff I yeah know. so we don't have that stuff anymore but um but welcome to 2023, soon to be 2024, and um, what, in two years, these will be out of date, but at least they'll be much smaller, taking up much smaller spaces uh, wherever they're perched. But I, I think you should start a national movement, Rebecca, right here, um, Karens of Kindness, where you call <laughs> the man to speak to people's managers because they've been they've been so nice to you. Well, she was really, really great. And uh, I, 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 what do you think? Uh, if for somebody who works in customer service at a cable company, like for Wi-Fi and television, you think 90% of their people who call in are angry or frustrated, right? Like it's probably oh, uh, all closer to 100, day, yeah. maybe 100 are dealing with um, frustration. And I know like there's nothing that frustrates me more than when I can't get some sort of technology to work. So um, anyway, yes, I was a Karen of kindness. A couple of uh, uh, holiday – well, first, a holiday gift, okay? Do you remember the old razor commercial, Gillette Razors? The first uh, razor with two blades, the first blade lifts and the second blade oh, yeah. cuts? Yeah. Okay, well, the first – this first thing lifts, the second one will cut. The first thing is um, our gift to 
our listeners. We're going to go to viewer mails here and and make this a, a shorter podcast mm-hmm. for their listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. The second blade cuts, and that is we're going to uh, end the podcast with my annual uh, uh, butchering right. of a of a Christmas classic on uh, on piano. Okay, wonderful. So anyway, um, let's get to uh, our let's get handful to your of your mail. If you remember last week, one of our um, our what do we call them? Our our viewers, yes, who wrote mail suggested. Yeah, what do we call our viewer mail? Our viewers who wrote mail. Yes, <laughs> our viewers wrote mail suggested that um, we start our our viewer mail segment with this. The following viewer mail segment will be sponsored this week and forevermore by the memory of our beloved Dr. Gary Siegel. It's lovely. It is. But the, the, the word sponsor makes it sound like Dr. Siegel is, is uh, a paid, uh, paying us to, to air viewer mail. All right. So we can change that word. But the sentiment, I, I think we the should keep that word. I think we should lovely. keep that word. Okay. And it's a lovely sentiment. Yes. As I said. Okay. Shall we get to viewer mail? Yes, please. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from um, Siobhan. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I just heard from your pod about the passing of Dr. Gary, and I am saddened for his family, friends, and for all of us. Gary was a light who will continue to shine bright despite his death. I know that I will remember him when watching the Braves and when I check the F1 results each weekend, something that I only started to do after hearing Gary report on, on it each week. I mean, what a, what, a, yes. what a tribute. Love it, yes. Perhaps each week, the last viewer mail that you can that you read can be the honorary uh, DGS cleanup spot. Perfect. All great ideas, and uh, we'll incorporate these into the podcast. Thank you, Siobhan. Um, our next comes from Ralph, our resident party bus driver from Colorado, and his his. Oh, does email, he answer the question? His email header is "I am not the cyclist." <laughs> okay. The, the 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 silent bit is "How dare you?" Right. <laughs> I just love it, yes. Ralph writes, I am laughing. I wish that I was the resident cyclist, but alas, I am not. While we have bikes in the garage, the tires are flat and rarely used. Just clearing things up. Ralph, your resident party bus driver, parentheses, from Colorado. Thank you, Ralph, for clearing that up. That was Steve's mistake, which I didn't know was a mistake. Well, I mean, first of all, the the, uh, viewer mail has, and, and I use this phrase for its euphonious quality, has multiple Ralphs. Right? So did that uh, car full of teenagers. That car full of teenagers (laughs) did not have multiple Ralphs. (laughs) It had singular Ralphs, right? It may have had multiple Valves. I did not see any of the Ralphs. Singular Ralphs. (laughs) Just read the next one. Anyway, from from, uh, Ralph the party bus driver, um, I apologize to any and all other Ralphs. My friend uh, Steve and I used to sit at Yankee Stadium. I may have told this before. I don't remember if I did. During a World Series game at Yankee Stadium, we sat amusing ourselves in the press box by commenting on the number of Mickeys who have played for the Yankees over over the years and how the uh, Yankee Stadium voicemail should have, you know, uh, if you're calling to reach uh, Mickey Mantle, press one. If you're calling to reach Mickey Rivers, press two. If you're calling to reach Mickey Klutz, press three. If you're calling for all other Mickeys, press four. So I think with viewer mail, if you're calling it's for- It's amazing that it 
How old were you when we got married? <laughs> what? Nothing. No, Go what's ahead. what are you implying? I'm not implying. Well, honestly, I don't even know what you're what you're I mean, this is at. what you did to occupy your time in the Yankees press. Box. I think we probably were married when I was doing that. But no, we weren't. How would you know? Because you didn't cover many Yankees games after we got married. I, no. Anyway. That that is really the 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 it's an perfect synopsis of, me, of our marriage. Really. Pardon? I said it's really an indictment of me. But yeah, I, I didn't. You didn't cover many Yankee games after we got married. She said on the Ball and Chain podcast. <laughs> Proceed. Uh, our next viewer mail comes from uh, uh, well, it's from it's from a listener who has a very lovely tribute to Doctor Siegel, who says, "I don't have anything to say that hasn't already been said, so you don't need to read this on the air." But I wanted to add my condolences on the good doctor's passing, and uh, and then writes a really lovely email. But if if she doesn't want me to read it on the air, um, she should at least know that we appreciate this, and there's lovely sentiments for uh, Doctor Siegel's family. Thank you very much. Finally, and as Siobhan suggested, this is the honorary DGS cleanup spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's from uh, a note from DGS's niece. Hello. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I sent this email a few weeks back via your Instagram and realized y'all don't check that frequently. <laughs> and my Aunt Beth gave me this email to send it to. Um, DGS's niece, I don't check it at all. Yeah, and that's, the administrator, totally the, the admin, that's when me. is sitting across from me now, uh, doesn't has been uh, negligent. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. It might have been my resolution last year, too. I'm going to be a better admin for the Ball and Chain podcast um, Instagram. I will say this. If you if you like the work of the Ball and Chain Instagram or find that it has improved in the new year under the under the uh, rejuvenated admin, become a Karen of kindness and, uh, and tell her Let so. Let us know. Anyway, shall we get to DGS's niece's email? Yes, please. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I am one of DGS's nieces. I'm his sister's youngest daughter, and our family has lost a very bright light with his illness and passing. We are very close and always have been, and I couldn't have had a more involved and funnier uncle than I had in Gary. Although he used to send me countless links and articles to read, me too. Uh, He never told me to tune into your podcast, which baffles me now that he's gone. Uh, I... I, (laughs) How great is that? It's just so perfect. Perfect. I loved listening to his emails and hearing stories about my grandfather and my aunt and cousins and just his general intelligence and knowledge of so many topics. I just wanted to introduce myself and tell you that I can feel how much he meant to you both and to the entire community of listeners you have. Thank you for caring about him as he was one special and very loved OBGYN slash husband slash father slash Zadie slash son slash brother slash uncle slash friend. With heartfelt appreciation from Atlanta, Daryl, and family of DGS. Thank you very much. That's very sweet. Thank you, Daryl. That's that's lovely. We appreciate it, and um, I just love that uh, that DGS remains a a uh, crucial component of of the podcast. Yes, and and will will remain so always. Yes, and uh, with that, we should wish. Uh, everyone a happy Hanukkah, uh, DGS and and uh, family. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. I should add, Rebecca, as the uh, Instagram admin, you would have reminded me of this that Tom, Dick, and Hari 
have a Christmas gig December 23rd, uh, if you're listening before then, and then you're in Minneapolis, at uh, the Driftwood Char Bar at 8 p.m. There are, it looks like they're in the middle of a triple bill, so a Tom, Dick, and Harry sandwich, if you will, um, at uh, the Driftwood Char Bar at 44th and Nicolette in Minneapolis. 44th and what? Nicolette? Not Nicolette, what? like Nicolette Larson. Nicolette. It looks like that, but we don't call so it's it the Nicolette. the Nicolette Mall? You said the Nicolette. I thought that's how you pronounced it. Well, you, you pronounce it. That it's, it is not a, a patch you wear that feeds nicotine into your system. That's Nicorette or a right. chewable gum. This is I, I just thought Nicolette. downtown it was the Nicolette Mall. Well, that's how it, that's, you could phonetically do it that way, but it's it's not. It's Nicolette? Yes. Okay. All right. You know, you're from there. I'm not. Um, well, Tom, Dick, Hari. Wait, wait, wait. I wish we could be at the. Go ahead. What? I was going to say, I wish we could be at the Christmas concert, and then I was going to ask them to play us well, out. Well, but, but before you ask more? them to play us out, um, there'll be two playouts. Oh, right. Because I have to preemptively apologize for my uh, uh, halting. So they're actually not going to play. Us I, I don't out. know. That's up to producer Denny Gallagher, who we're thanking now. Well, Denny, however it works, either Tom Dick Hari will play us out, or Steve Russian will play us out. But but uh, Tom Dick and Hari will use their usual professionalism to play us out beautifully. My uh, my halting piano uh, is my own problem, but it is it is um, a miracle performed by. My teacher, Damian Curtis, that I can play anything at all or read sheet music in the least. So thanks to Damian for that. And uh, and if you just hear my playing and think of the Velvet Fog, Mel Torme singing over it, he would make it uh, palatable. Okay. So someone play us out. <laughs>